It's no secret that real estate is one of the best investment vehicles out there, but how can we determine which strategies will best align with our financial ambitions? Well, you've come to the right spot. Whether you're an active real estate entrepreneur, a passive investor, or looking to get into real estate investing, our goal is to provide investors with the insights and strategies for building our portfolios all while protecting our capital. I'm Daniel Nichols, and this is the Two Smart Assets Real Estate Investing Podcast. Hey guys, if you haven't checked out our Passive Investors Handbook, I would definitely suggest that you start there. This is a great primer for those looking to jump into passive real estate investing. I know you're going to get a lot out of it. It's 15 pages and takes about 20 minutes to get through, and you can find it on our website or just go to upstreaminvestor.com forward slash handbook. So go check that out and enjoy. All right, let's get into the show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Daniel Nichols, accompanied by our guest for the week, John Pearl. And today we are the two smart assets. For those not yet familiar with John, he is managing director at Freedom Investor, and he's invested in over 500 units valued at more than $50 million. On top of that, he hosts the Freedom Investor radio podcast, which educates listeners on the benefits of investing in apartments and pursuing income outside W-2 jobs. And if that's not enough, my man, John, is a full-time W-2 worker at a nuclear power plant and is on a mission to to replace his W-2 income by 2025 with cash-flowing real estate. John, my man, it is great to see you. Welcome to the show. Daniel, man, solid intro. Appreciate that. Yeah, I'm happy to be here and I'm excited to chat about, you know, the path to financial freedom and, you know, creating a life of freedom and control through real estate investing. Dude, and I'm I'm pumped to dive into it, man. You know, it's been a long time coming for us to connect. Super glad we get into this. But before we dive into all the good stuff, man, we want to hear more about you. So tell us more about your background, your story, and how you got into real estate. All right, man. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd like to start with, uh, you know, start my background in college. So I was terrible with money in college. So had kind of a had kind of a cush upbringing, never really had to struggle for money. And then when I got out on my own in college, went to the University of Tennessee, shout out Tennessee, go Vols. Um, I just kind of I kind of went crazy. You know, I got a credit card. And, you know, at the time, my parents were paying for my um, my tuition kind of a typical story, you know, you, you, you hear sometimes. And, you know, ultimately, the money ran out for my parents paying for my tuition, I had to get student loans, and my credit cards got maxed out, couldn't use those anymore. <laughs> and, you know, ultimately, I ended up graduating. And then all of a sudden, like, I had to start paying on these loans, right? Right. And I was unemployed for a while. So I met my wife in college and we moved out here to California on the central coast where I'm at now. And I couldn't find a job and I had all these, these debts to pay off and I couldn't do it. And I had debt collectors calling me every day. It was, it was a terrible feeling and it was, but it was a, it was a huge wake up call for me, you know, looking back on it and you know, man, it, I would, I would spend hours every day just out in the ocean. We're right on the coast. I would, I'll go out surfing just to escape, you know, get away from my phone and escape the call from these debt collectors. Man. And it, it was just a, left a real long lasting impact on me. But anyways, I ended up getting a job at the nuclear power plant where I'm at now and got some income rolling in and, you know, created a, an aggressive pan, plan to pay off these debts. And, you know, I, I was able to pay down about 50K in student loan debts over the course of about, you know, 18 months, two years. And, you know, the way I did that was just simplified my lifestyle, bare bones living and, you know, just attacked it. And I developed some good, strong, you know, money habits over the course mm -hmm. of that time, you know, saving, and, you know, setting money aside that was going to paying off the debt 
Well, once that was paid off, I, you know, it was time to go into attack mode and start getting on the offense instead of playing catch up. And so I, you know, at the time I started just maxing out my 401k and, you know, putting, you know, putting some other money aside into, uh, IRA Roth IRA, which, you know, was great, but ultimately I learned about real estate investing and I wanted to take some of the money that I had accumulated from my 401k and, you know, Mm. pop it over into some real estate investments. Well, I found out that it's not that simple to do. (laughs) And, um, you know, ultimately that kind of was a huge turnoff for me for the 401k route. And, you know, I started really going deep down the real estate investing rabbit hole and, started, started with bigger pockets where many people sure. start learned, uh, got really excited about single families was looking to invest in my, in, in Knoxville, Tennessee, where, where I went to school. Um, but quickly learned about multifamily and the economies of scale that come with, you know, commercial multifamily, anything five mm-hmm. units or more, the ability to force appreciation. And that was just like, it, it was like a light bulb went off. Like I just, felt the need to get involved. And so I started attending some conferences and meeting some folks. And I wanted to ultimately be on the general partner side of a syndication of the, uh, you know, multifamily syndications. But I wanted to kind of dip my toes in and learn how the business plan works with somebody who's more experienced and, you know, knows, you know, has a good track record. And so I, I got into a deal as a limited partner, and, you know, ultimately learned that, you know, it's, it's not rocket science. It's, it, you know, you, you do have to, um, you know, put in more effort than being on the passive side for sure. But I wanted to get on the active side. So I joined a coaching program, met some great individuals and, uh, ended up becoming partners with, a, with, uh, Daniel, my partner now, not, not you, my partner's also named <laughs> Daniel. Um, but yeah, so then we ended up getting into a deal on the general partnership side after, a failed attempt at a syndication. So we can talk about Mm, that more later if you'd like. Um, But yeah, so it's just been kind of a journey of continuously exploring and learning and growing. And um, yeah, here I am now and just uh, looking to continue, hoping to spread the word to as many folks as possible about investing in real estate. Yeah, dude. And I, you know, that's an awesome, awesome story there. And I can relate to a lot of that, especially going through college, having student debt and really, you know, when I was in college, I didn't know anything about money. I mean, I, nothing really, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't made any real money before then. I didn't know anything about it. So when I got out of college and actually started making some money, I made a lot of mistakes, man. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like really it's just buying toys, just, just throwing my money away. Um, I knew I, I knew I needed to do better with it, but I wasn't focused on it enough, you know? And I think that's a, that's a huge issue that, you know, a lot of people run into. And I find that a lot when I talk to people who are thinking about investing in real estate, right? So for example, I had a a guy that I work with. um, I work in the oil and gas industry out in the oil field, right? And I work a two week on one week off rotation. At least I was at the time. Anyways, this guy that I was working with, I come on my rotation. He had just gotten a promotion. We worked hand in hand together. So I'm like, Hey man, congratulations on the promotion. You know, you just got a raise. It's awesome, man. Good job. And he's like, yeah, actually I want to talk to you about something. And I was like, Oh yeah. He's like, yeah, I want to try to get in your next deal. And I was like, awesome. Cool. You know, that's a great conversation to have. So we're having that conversation. But by the end of that first week, and this is a, this is almost like a, a crisis that happens within the oil and gas industry with a lot of people is they just throw their money away. But anyways, by the end of that first week, he had bought a new truck. He bought an RV. And he had a, a house 
under contract, you know? So, and I was just like, man, that was really fast. You know, it was just, it was just, I was, I was impressed actually, but uh, you know, needless to say he didn't invest in any real estate. It still hasn't. Yeah. I, I thought that's the route you were going with it. When you said he was interested in investing, I was like, oh, that's kind of, that's kind of different. <laughs> you don't hear that as much, you, you know, but yeah, of course that's, I'm so, so familiar with the, uh, you know, the new toys and I see that a lot myself. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's this thing that just goes around. It's just the financial literacy, whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? We're not taught these things at a young age. And so when you brought up that story, I was like, man, I can, I can totally relate to that. So, but, um, but anyways, I kind of want to backtrack, go to something else you said in the, in the, the beginning there. So, you know, your first foray into real estate was, uh, being on the LP side of a syndication. Right. And I think that, you know, that's a big step for a lot of people like, Hey, I'm going to wire 50 grand, 25 grand, whatever it is to, to a team. And, and as we both know, there are a ton of teams out there doing deals, right? You know what I'm saying? It's just, just the way it is. Um, so my, I'm curious, because this was a big thing for me when I first started in passive investing, was finding the right sponsor. How did you go about finding the sponsor you ultimately invested with? And what gave you the confidence to actually place your capital with them? Yeah, so I, you know, as I mentioned, I was going out to some conferences, heading out to Dallas, uh, going to some conferences. This was the fall of 2019, went to my first multifamily real estate conference. Okay. And you know, I was, I was blown away by the, by the people that were there. And, you know, I'd never been to any real estate investing, you know, meetups or anything like that. And everybody was just super helpful. Like a lot of people doing really well with their investments and, you know, folks that are financially free and, you know, they, they're just normal people. Anyways, I, uh, I kind of built some rapport with one gentleman. Uh, he is uh, also in the military. I have a military background as well. Okay. And, you know, we, we kind of hit it off and he worked with a partner who was, you know, a coach in this program. Mm. So that right off the bat instantly tells me that, you know, he's got a lot on the line. There's a guy who's a coach in a very successful investing program who is teaching hundreds of other people how to invest and, you know, who are likely investing with him. You know, that tells me right there, this reputation is you know, extremely valuable and that he's sure. going to do the right thing. That's not the only thing I was relying on, of course, but that was a, you know, a huge, uh, huge positive sign for me at the moment. Right. So anyways, I kept in touch with this individual and, you know, over the course of the next couple months, we stayed in touch and chatted a couple times and went back again a few months later to another event, you know, kept building the relationship. By this point, I was interested in investing in one of his deals. So I talked to a number of other people who had invested with them multiple times previously. And I think the, you know, that right there, you talk to other people who've been a part of their deals and, you know, folks who he's not recommending me to go talk to, that was, you know, that pretty much sealed the deal for me. You know, I have a, you know, I trust my gut instinct about people most of the time, but just hearing it from others who were saying good things about them without them knowing that they were doing that, that was, you know, pretty much all I needed. Of course, I was, you know, going to do my own analysis on the right. deal, but that was far less important than feeling comfortable about the individuals who were going to be putting the deal together. Man, I'm so glad that you said that because I've said this to, uh, you know, a number of people, uh, just, you know, whether it's on the podcast or I'm talking outside, you know, just talking to regular people. Um, the thing about passive investing that I found was that really like helped my trajectory in terms of being a better passive investor is just what you just said is basically finding referrals, people who are saying, Hey man, I've invested with this team a couple you know, a number of times, all good stuff here, you know, blah, blah, blah. If you keep hearing this about the same people, it's a sign, you know, I mean, these, those firms are doing it well. And I think that is the best way to find deals if you're looking to be a passive investor, right? Right. Totally. Yep. Okay. So, so, you know, you mentioned that you knew you wanted to be on the GP side. 
you invested in that deal as an LP. And then you, you kind of learned like basically that, you know, this wasn't rocket science. You could do this. Right. And this is a, a way for you to create, um, you know, financial freedom for yourself and, you know, get you out of your W2 and all that good stuff. What else did you learn as a, as an LP that, you know, kind of like solidified your thought on this is the path you wanted to take. So on the LP side, you just, so I, to be clear, I'm more interested in being a limited partner. Ultimately. Okay. The, right. the, uh, being a limited partner in a syndication is the one true means of passive income, truly passive income. So the the goal of being on the general partner side is because you can generate equity without putting as much money into, mm-hmm. you can generate unproportionate equity into the deal by, you know, your sweat equity, the amount of work that you're putting into it. Right. So the the idea there is that, you know, I can get more capital to deploy into other deals passively and diversify and create more truly passive income. But but yeah, so with my experience as an LP, it taught me a lot about how the business model works. You know, one of the reasons why I invested with this group is because they had an extremely strong track record and a strong, mm-hmm. transparent a communication system. So we were getting very good detail about what's actually happening in the deal. And, uh, you know, I, I just kind of got an inside view a front row seat of what was going on. And, you know, that ultimately pointed out to me that, you know, I thought I could do it too. And I, I think, you know, not all uh, general partners are created equal, especially now being in the space for a longer period of time and hearing stories and, you know, even experiencing some, some of these, you know, the less transparent communications myself, uh, that, that first experience kind of set the bar. And, you know, that's, you know, that's kind of the model I'm, I'm taking for myself and my partner moving forward. Yeah. And I honestly, man, I've had the same experience. What I found was the teams that communicate that I find communicate the best with my style or whatever are the ones that I continue to invest with. I mean, for a number of reasons, right. But I think the communication piece is absolutely massive. And if you can find somebody who's kind of like your style, you know, that you align with, and they're going to, they're going to have that frequency of communication and the depth that you need, the detail that you need in your communications, uh, that's what you want. And, um, I'm, I'm so glad that you brought that up. So let's, let's move forward. You know, you're an LP, and then, you know, you're going to the GP. And then, so, you know, you got in your first deal, but you said maybe there was a complication with a deal. Before, was it before that, before you actually got into a deal or talk to us about that, man? What was that about? Yeah. So, so my partner, Daniel, he's from the Midwest and, you know, the way we kind of, uh, joined forces was through our coaching program. We, we got segmented into a, like a little mini mastermind, small mm-hmm. group, and we just kind of hit it off. So we decided we wanted to go after a deal together. This was early 2020, uh, yeah, 2020 and sorry, 2021. Okay. And we, uh, so he's from the Midwest and we, um, you know, we decided to go after a deal in Iowa. So we ended up underwriting a ton of deals going through the whole process, you know, reaching out to the brokers and, you know, ultimately we found one that penciled out. We got the, uh, we got the LOI accepted and we went under contract and, when we got down there on the ground doing our due diligence, we just, we learned a lot of things that were not as we had expected them to be. <laughs> so, you know, things like, uh, you know, the rent rolls weren't matching up to what was actually showing on the leases. Wow. And uh, there was a, it was a unique property. There was a commercial space, about 4,000 square feet that was completely unused. And, you know, we had been given projections of how much we were going to need to put into it, you know, what we would be able to get in return. 
And that was extremely far off. So just a number of number of things were not as we had expected them to be. And ultimately we had to, you know, based on our new findings, also this was, you know, April of 2021. That was right when the lumber prices were starting to go skyrocketing. Sure. And, you know, that that increased a lot of our costs for, you know, unit turnovers and all of the stuff we were going to be doing. And so, you know, we just had to, unfortunately, we had to go back and offer a lower price based on our new findings. You know, that's the last thing we want to do, but there was no way we were going to make those numbers work. And, you know, ultimately, long story short, we weren't able to come to an agreement with the sellers. Uh, You know, it wasn't all the seller's fault. There was also some newbie mistakes that we made just being fully transparent. And the biggest one was that we didn't fully understand the way the taxes worked in that market Mm. or in that state prior to going into it. So once we realized the the formula for calculating the the taxes on a you know each year that we would be holding the property, the returns got worse. And gotcha. uh, you know, so I don't want to put it all on the sellers. Uh, there were some newbie mistakes that we made, but you know, it was a uh, it was probably the best learning experience we ever could have gotten. You know, going through that whole process, and we were definitely able to take a lot of those lessons learned and move forward with them. And, you know, one of the big things we realized out of that is, you know, it's an extremely competitive space. Mm -hmm. It's an an unfair space. The best operators who have the strongest track records of closing and, you know, have the best relationships with these top brokers in each markets, they're the ones that are getting all the best deals. You know, we, we know there's strong deals out there. We get them in our inboxes all the time for you know, passive investment opportunities. Yeah. And we're just like, man, like we just kind of had the light bulb moment of, you know, not to sound cliche, but if you can't beat them, join them, you know, these, these operators have lots of strong deals coming in and, you know, a lot of them are having to turn them away in some cases because they don't have the investor base or the capital to close them. So, so we have, we have a network of folks who are looking to invest in these opportunities and these strong operators who we've developed strong relationships with over the course of the past couple of years, they need capital. So that's where we kind of figured that, Hey, let's, let's try to focus on one aspect of this business. And that's the, the capital raising piece. So connecting the investors with these strong opportunities. So that's, that's where we're focusing our efforts now. And, um, you, you know, we ultimately got into a deal on the general partnerships, on the general partnership side, we are actively participating in it, but you know, it's kind of solidified. Like we don't really enjoy that aspect of it. We're right. both W2 workers right now. It's something we want to get into eventually, but you know, it's, it, it's work, you know, it's not passive it's work. So that's kind of the story with how we got into the general partner space and, you know, where we're at now. Well, I think it's awesome. Right. And you know, that first experience, you know, it might've been a little painful, but like you said, uh, probably not a better way to learn stuff. Right. Especially in this business, right. Going through that. I'm sure you guys just took a ton away from that. Right. And look at you now. I mean, you've already, you're moving into GP deals, you're, you're doing the stuff. And so that first thing, yeah, it might not have been great, but I mean, you're doing the, the doing the stuff now. So I kind of want to roll into that. Uh, you know, you're in deals, you're doing, you're on the GP side, you're more on this active side, you've taken a, a new role, you know, you're focused on capital raising, but you're doing some other stuff as well. Talk to us about that first experience after going through the process of, of actually, you know, being on the GP side and taking down a deal. What was that like for you? Did you have any struggles? How did you overcome them? What did that look like? Yeah. So it's been, it's been a great experience so far. So we, it's been a great experience in the sense that we're learning a ton 
And, you know, there, it hasn't been a walk in the park. There has been some struggles with the deal. It's not perfect. You know, the market's kind of crazy right now. There's, yeah. you know, with inflation, with the cost of goods, the cost of labor, it's been tough. It's not a walk in the park and it's been a great learning experience. And the, the biggest thing that we're, we're trying to focus on is just being transparent with our investors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was talking to a guy yesterday who, uh, you know, he said bad news doesn't get better over time generally. So it's better to just be transparent with, you know, what's going on. So the way that we got into this deal, though, was uh, I was working with a coach, like I said, and so my coach was working, you know, had had a working relationship with the lead GP who was putting this deal together. And so we teamed up with this guy, he needed some help with the asset management side, and with the investor relations. So we're kind of helping with that front. And we ended up raising some capital, bringing some investors into the deal. And we're kind of, um, I, I consider it like a like um like an apprentice in the on the general partnership team you know we're participating in everything that's going on all the, on the pm calls and you know we you know make suggestions here and there we're not the primary decision makers when it you know when it comes down to you know the time to make an actual decision but you know we, right. we input our thoughts and it's been a great experience you know we're learning a lot and you know just going to continue applying what we're learning as we move forward yeah, I love to hear that. I know, I know. For me, when I first started getting to this side of the business, right, um, I thought it was I was just gonna dominate. You know, it was like I'm gonna go in here. You know, we're gonna help people. You know, we're gonna connect people with these deals. We're gonna get them in these deals, and everybody's gonna want to be in it because, for me, you know, after being a passive investor for a while, like I think this is just the stuff to be in, right? Like it's just basically encompasses my whole world. So this is, I talk to people who are in this business all the time. It's just what I do. Right. So I'm thinking like, everybody's going to want to be in this kind of stuff. If I present it to them, right. Well, nothing could be further from the truth because educating people who don't have, you know, on this type of stuff, like passive real estate investing, uh, educating people who don't already have that mindset, that investing mindset or that outlook can be very difficult. Have you found that to be the case in your experience as well? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you kind of alluded to it earlier. It's, um, you know, the phrase keeping up with the Joneses, you know, Mm. there's, there's, um, there's a strong, like financial literacy is an epidemic in our country. And, you know, we've gotten so caught up in consumerism and not spending money or, you know, not saving money to invest in, you know, in the right vehicles, you know, you know, I'm sure you're, you see this a lot in the W2 world, you know, just putting money into the 401k and then not doing anything else. Uh, But, you know, I, I kind of tend to look at my personal finances like like a business and you know you got to you got to know where your money is going and how much you can allocate towards certain areas you know you have your basic living expenses but then you know after that's covered you need to be you know putting that money elsewhere and you know putting that money to work so it can go to work Absolutely. for you and grow and create cash flow work while you're sleeping. That's, you know, it's what people always say in the real estate space. Right. So yeah, it has been, has been difficult and it's, um, it's a long-term game in my opinion, you know, on this journey, it's, it's ultimately led me to a, a new passion that I've discovered, which is, you know, just educating folks on financial literacy, just basic concepts of it, you know, hard assets versus liabilities and spending money on cash flow producing assets versus, you know, going out and financing a new F-250 every three years. <laughs> and, you know, it's a, it's an interesting space to be in where I feel like I came on this journey and I've kind of learned it the hard way. Luckily, most of the mistakes I made with money were 
on a smaller scale, you know, mm-hmm. like spending, you know, racking up credit card debt when I was in college versus buying new trucks all the time, financing new trucks all the time. So yeah, I've definitely become passionate in the educational side of this space and kind of helping, like I truly believe that passively investing in real estate is far superior to just, you know, putting your money in a 401k and just kind of setting it and forgetting it. So you put a little more extra effort into investing in syndications, but once you're in it, it's extremely passive, you know, you're not doing a whole lot. So yeah, it's definitely been a challenge with, you know, getting people to see the light. Well, I think it's important too, just to keep the message going, right? Because, you know, for for me as well, uh, you know, understanding that I needed to invest in something else, or at least put my money to work in something else happened because of an event that, you know, was really out of my control. I got laid off, you know, um, oil and gas was taking a hit. I got laid off and I was, I was not prepared. You know, I had, I had a few investments, but I hadn't focused on them enough. So um, sometimes it takes a big event for that to kind of, you know, show people the light or whatever. But I think the key thing is like, you know, you got a podcast, absolutely fantastic. Um, just to be out there educating, right? And then people will have this moment where like, okay, it clicks, right? And as long as you continue to educate, um, then it's gonna it's gonna stick with some people for sure, man. So I love that you're out there doing that, man. But, uh, but John, dude, this has been fantastic. I'm super glad we could connect today. Loved hearing about your story. Uh, before we get out of here though, tell listeners how they can find out more about you and what you got going on. Yeah. So the best place to go for that, we have a guide for, you know, how passive investing can help you achieve your goals financially. It's uh, you can find that at www.passivecreprofits.com. That's CRE as in commercial real estate. So passivecreprofits.com. In that guide, you'll find, uh, you know, links to our LinkedIn. If you want to set up a call or uh, check out our website, uh, it's the best place to do it. So yeah, I've enjoyed the conversation as well. It's been a lot of fun. Awesome, man. Absolutely. We're going to put that stuff in the show notes so our listeners can reach out. Uh, I highly recommend everybody check out what John's going on. He is the man. Um, And, you know, dude, I'm looking forward to meeting up in Miami here shortly. So uh, pumped about that. Likewise. Likewise. Anyways, dude, this has been awesome. Thanks for taking the time to speak with me today, dude. Absolutely. Hey, real quick before we get out of here, as you guys know, I'm a huge fan of passive real estate investing. And as a busy W-2 professional working in the oil and gas industry, this type of investing has been a complete game changer for me. It's allowed me to build income streams faster, access private off-market opportunities, and bring stability to my portfolio by investing in hard assets like apartments and self-storage facilities. So if you're looking to learn more about these types of opportunities, I highly suggest you check out Upstream Equity. Whether you work in the oil and gas industry like me or you're a busy professional looking to grow your investment portfolio, Upstream Equity is your go-to source for passive real estate investing. They do all the heavy lifting for you, from building strategic relationships with best-in-class operators to finding quality passive income opportunities. Upstream Equity truly makes this a hands-off experience. To find out more, go to upstreaminvestor.com. Once again, that's upstreaminvestor.com.